the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. On the third Sunday, we'll be celebrating Easter. But before you can have Easter, you have to have Good Friday. And the theme of Good Friday is really suffering. God suffering for us so that we could have life and life everlasting. And so I've chosen as my text, 1 Peter chapter 2, 18 through 25, and the title of the message is, Follow in His Steps. Follow in His Steps. Suffering is a fact of life. We all know people who suffer and we have all had our share of suffering, either, either small or great. Job stated that we are born to trouble as certainly as the sparks fly upward from a fire. The real question that we all have to ask is, if God is good and if God is kind, why do we have to suffer? We want to know why God thought it necessary to put us through suffering in this life, given the fact that we are his children. We were purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. We are now members of the family of God. It was C.S. Lewis who called suffering a gift from God. But not all suffering is a gift nor is all suffering Christian. If we suffer for doing wrong, that is certainly not a gift. The list of things that can cause suffering is almost endless. Betrayal, lies, accusations, fraud, deceit, unfair treatment, unfair punishment, humiliation, ridicule, and the loss of loved ones, as we must grieve. To be a Christian, in part, is to suffer. This is not the full truth of the Christian life, but it is a part of it. American Christians today have a difficult time accepting the truth about suffering. And that is why the health and wealth, name it and claim it, uh, gospel that is being preached in so many churches is so popular. 
It is popular to talk about Jesus as the one who solves our problems, who improves our self-image, and above all, makes us happy. Sometimes the gospel is presented as if Jesus is the ticket to the good life. But in many, many countries across the world, Christ followers, those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, suffer great persecution and even death. They, more than us, understand that it is through suffering that we become like our Lord Jesus Christ. Today I want to talk about what it means to follow in the steps of Christ, as found in 1 Peter chapter 2, 18 through 25. And the first point is, following in the steps of Christ means suffering unjustly. Suffering unjustly. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 18 says, You who are slaves must accept the authority of your masters with all respect. Do whatever they tell you, not only if they are kind and reasonable, but even if they are harsh. Now I know that this um, particular verse caused a lot of problems for some people, but let me, let me explain a little bit about the text here. In the Roman Empire, there was many as 60 million slaves. The Romans ruled the world as masters of the known world. Their policy was to have slaves do all their work. Slaves were taken as prisoners during the wars fought by the Romans. Others were kidnapped. Some were sold into slavery as children. Some were born into slavery. Others were slaves because they were unable to pay their debts. Slaves came from every rung of the social order. Doctors, lawyers, teachers, musicians, actors, butlers, cooks, barbers, clerks. Once they became slaves, they were placed under the yoke of Rome. Worse than that, they were regarded as non-persons, non-people. They had no legal rights, whatever. And there were four classes of slaves. Those who worked in the mines, those who worked in the farms, those who worked for the, uh, for, um, or in the cities, those, and those to whom Peter was writing, those the house servants. To this latter group, Peter says, servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect. Now, the word used for slaves is the same word used for servants, and the New King James Version uh, translates it servants instead of slaves. Now, since Peter is addressing servants in relation to their, their masters, um, going to apply this teaching to today's workplace. So the question is, do workers today suffer unjustly? Sure. So even if Peter is talking about slaves here, he is not talking about slavery. He is telling us how to live the Christian life in a godly manner. 
in whatever circumstances we find ourselves, especially when we are in difficult circumstances. And so Peter goes on to say in verse uh, 19, For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. Now, this passage is about righteous conduct in an unrighteous society. Doing the right thing when people are not doing the right thing to you. Treating others well even when they don't treat you well. Let me be clear. Peter doesn't say don't get out of a bad situation. I think he would agree if you're in a bad situation, work on getting out of it. But while you are in this situation, live in a godly manner. So being in a bad situation in life is not an excuse for bad conduct. In Peter's message, is Peter's message practical for us today? It sure is. Is we are here to serve Jesus Christ in everything that we do if we are his children or his disciples. You see, whether our life circumstance is right or whether it is bad, whether people are treating us right or they are completely unfair, we still are expected to act as righteous people in this situation. How are we to act when treated poorly? In verse 19, notice Peter gives us the reason why bearing up under unjust suffering is commendable or praiseworthy. He says, because he is conscious of God. We must grasp this in order to fully understand what Peter is saying to us. How can Anyone submit to unfair treatment graciously? How do we continue to praise God when we or our loved ones are being mistreated? We endure unjust suffering for one reason and one reason only. Because we are conscious of God or in other words because of our relationship to God. A series of statements might, might help to bring out the meaning of what Peter is saying here more clearly. Am I where I am now by God's appointment? If God wanted me to be somewhere else, certainly I would be somewhere else. Because God is a good God and he says all things work together for the good of those who love him. Then it must be for my good that I am where I am right now. The fact that I can't see any good in my present situation doesn't mean it isn't there. It just means that I can't see it right now. See, God, God's promises covers the details of our life, even when the details seem random and out of control. See, God sometimes allows things to happen to us that seem unfair and seem harsh. The one thing we can do is to 
endure them because we believe that God is right there with us in this situation every moment. So when we forget that God is involved in the worst moments of our lives, a number of bad things happen. We give in to despair. We begin to blame others. We harbor ill will. We act hastily. And we seek revenge. Now this is why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse, verse 11, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. And then Jesus went on in verses 38 to 41 to say, You have heard that it was said, Eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Now this is revolutionary teaching meant for the people who are citizens of the kingdom of God. It, just, it, it isn't meant for everyone because everyone cannot handle this. You have to have the spirit of God within you, enabling you before you're able to act in such a way. And this is the truth that led Martin Luther King Jr. to adopt nonviolence as a strategy, strategy for social change. You see, when we endure mistreatment without resentment, we are like Jesus Christ. We break the chain of violence. We demonstrate the power of Christ. We prove our confidence in God's justice. And we baffle unbelievers because they can't understand us. But uh, secondly, Peter says, following in the steps of Christ means suffering patiently. Suffering patiently. Verses 19 and 20 says, For God is pleased with you when, for the sake of your conscience, you patiently endure unfair treatment. Of course, you get no credit for being patient if you are beaten for doing wrong. But if you suffer for doing right and are patient beneath the blows, God is pleased with you. You see, to patiently deal with suffering, even when it is unjust, has the favor of God, says Peter. Peter does not, or, or does acknowledge the fact that the suffering of these Christians to whom he was writing is unjust. But this, that is the reality of life in that particular period of time. And we have our own reality today. There are things that we suffer that they didn't suffer and things that they suffered that we don't suffer today. Now, as a father, I understand how hard it is to teach children that life is not fair, that there is injustice. And what is really sad is when you bring or you bump into an adult who has never accepted the fact that life is unfair and is constantly complaining and griping without realizing that this is 
life as it is in this world. We live in a world full of injustice. We are part of a corrupt, rebellious world system that is full of people and institutions that do not recognize the dignity of human life, of human beings. And that is why there was slavery in Rome and in this country for two and a half centuries. And last Friday, I happened to visit a, a slave plantation, the Whitney Plantation in uh, close to New Orleans. It's a museum of, of how the slaves lived and, and some of the things that they, they did. Looked at, the, at the, the big house as well as the, the slave quarters. That is a terrible situation for human beings. But we still live today in a society with the reality of racism, physical violence, war, and poverty. So how could God ask us to restrain our feelings, withhold our anger, overlook our rights, and hold our tongues while evil people take advantage of us or our situation? Because he is God and he knows exactly what he's doing. He has purchased us. We are not our own any longer. We belong to him, and he has the right to tell us what to do, what he wants from us. And he's in absolute control of every situation, every circumstance, and even every crisis that we go through. Remember, God is the one who provides, who protects, who strengthens, and who supports us. So when we have been wronged, we turn the other cheek, go the second mile, and we do it patiently according to Jesus. So what if I am all out of patience? Then you ask God for more patience. But just suppose you could speak with those who have gone to be with the Lord, whether from the first century or the 15th century, whatever time they lived everyone would have a different story, yet everyone would have a tale of suffering. One was persecuted by family and friends, another was inflicted with pain and disease, another was bereaved of children, another had all of these afflictions. But you will notice that though the water was deep, they all reached to the other side. No, not one of them blamed God for the road that they had to walk. So salvation is their only cry. Are there any of you murmuring about your lot in life, about the situation that you're in? If you are, then you just need to talk to God. Go to him and tell him what's going on, even though he knows. You can cry, you can weep, and the Lord understands and he will bring you through at the right time. You see, this is the way God leads all his redeemed children, that is through suffering. We should not consider ourselves any better than our Lord who suffered for his part in doing God's will. View your suffering then as a part of God's will for your life and receive it with thanksgiving. Don't go looking for suffering, but don't run from it either. Yes. 
if you are a child of God. Listen to Peter in First Peter chapter 3, verses 14 through, through 18. But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for doing it. So don't be afraid and don't worry. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good if that is what God wants than to suffer for doing wrong. Christ also suffered when he died for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners that he might bring us safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. But number three, following in the steps of Christ means suffering sacrificially. Suffering sacrificially. And look at verses 21 through 25 of chapter 2. This suffering is all part of what God has called you to. Christ who suffered for you is your example. Follow in his steps. He never sinned and he never deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. When he suffered, he did not threaten to get even. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried away our sins in his own body on the cross, so we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. You have been healed by his wounds. Once you were wandering like lost sheep, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. You see, when we are insulted, our natural inclination is to return insult for insult. But Jesus chose another way. As the old Negro spiritual puts it, he never said a mumbling word. You see, when he stood before Pilate and Herod, and when he faced the jeering mob, he uttered no insults. He made no threats. When they scourged him, he didn't retaliate. When the soldiers pushed the crown of thorns on his head, he didn't curse at them. When they drove the nails in his hands and feet, he didn't threaten them. When the bystanders spat on him, he didn't spit back. When they swore at him, he did not swore back. You find out what you really believe when others mistreat you. Peter's point is this. This will happen to you also if it happened to Jesus. And that's the real test of your faith. You find out what you really believe when others mistreat you. Do you think Jesus was a hopeless or helpless victim that day at Calvary? He was the son of God. He had the power to call down legions of angels to set him free. He had but to say the word and all of heaven would come to his aid. But he never said that word. 
It would have been easier for Peter to have said to his readers, follow Jesus and all will be well. He will make you happy and rich. Follow him and you'll have an easy life. But it wouldn't have been true. And it wouldn't have helped his readers in the first century that he was writing. And it wouldn't help us today either. Let me pose a hypothetical question for a moment. What if Jesus had answered back when he was attacked? What if he had retaliated? What if he had insulted Herod, mocked Pilate, and used his divine powers to escape the Roman soldiers? He could have fought back. He could have told them off and even worked a miracle to free himself. What if he had? We would not be saved today. We would still be in our sins. We would still be lost and on the way to hell. But he entrusted himself to God in the midst of his sufferings. And the result was salvation for human beings like us. We are going to heaven because Jesus didn't lose his temper. And what will happen if we do for others what Jesus did for us? Perhaps our silence will convict them. Perhaps our kindness will, uh, di- will disarm them. You see, when you resist the urge to get even, when you stop claiming your rights, when you give up trying to be always understood, when you give up your anger and bitterness, do you know what happens? You become like Jesus Christ. You see, and that's when your life begins to change the people around you. Often the tongue is the, is the last outpost in the battle between flesh and spirit. Peter emphasizes that Jesus was silent when he was mistreated. How hard it is for us to follow his example. So nowhere is a power of the cross seen more effectively than when the righteous suffer in their, and in their sufferings they rejoice instead of complaining and they can only do that with the help of the Holy Spirit so Jesus is not just our savior from sin he is also our example when we suffer unjustly as a writer of the Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, there is just nobody like Jesus. His word is true. His love is real. His ways are just. His grace is sufficient. His burden is light. His peace is perfect. His power is unlimited. His mercy is great. His salvation is free. His blessings are many. His joy is unspeakable. His wisdom is unequaled. His presence is precious. His eyes are compassionate. His miracles are matchless. And his heaven is glorious. There is just nobody like Jesus. And we are called, yes, we are called, to follow in his steps. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry. 
a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.